Hi, this is Guy Kawasaki. Hi, this is Gideon Shelwick here. My name is Farnoosh Brock. And you're listening to Learning with Leslie. Learning with Leslie. This is Learning with Leslie. 888-835-2414. This is Learning with Leslie. Welcome to another episode of Learning with Leslie, the podcast where you learn, I learn, we all learn about how to build an online business with a blog. No, I'm not talking about one of those blogs that will fall by the wayside when Google has a mood swing. I'm talking about one that will thrive no matter what gets thrown at it. I'm your host, Leslie Simon from becomeablogger.com, where we're changing the world one blog at a time. And as usual, I have another exciting episode for you today, an interview with Leah Fish, who took her passion for organic chemistry and turned it into her blog at leahleahforsci.com where she provides lessons, offers tutoring, runs a membership site and does a whole lot to change the world. One organic chemistry student at a time, she's a member of the U.S. Navy Reserves where she served a year in the Middle East as a part of the Maritime Expeditionary Security Forces in support of Operation Iraqi Freedom and Operation Enduring Freedom back in 2010. While in the services, she, she worked towards her dual degree in chemistry and biology she's built her audience by providing value for uh, providing tutoring and a membership site i want to learn about her interesting membership site model that's what we're going to talk about today leah how you doing thank you for joining me I'm doing great. That was such an exciting introduction. <laughs> <laughs> well, we like to keep it exciting. We've we got to have fun if we're having a conversation. Why not, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Awesome. So you're doing a lot. And, of course, you came onto my radar because of what you're blogging about, organic chemistry, which is like it, 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 almost me, it means that you're almost as nerdy as I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, I look at it more like... I'm the kid who never grew up. <laughs> so when I was a kid, I'd be the one who would answer a rhetorical question, not realizing they didn't want an answer. <laughs> <laughs> and now people actually pay me to do it. So, yay. It, that's not a bad thing. It's, it sounds like you're having fun with what you're doing. I love it. You love it. Okay, so let's talk about kind of the background in terms of how – well, first of all, in terms of what you're doing at your blog right now, uh, what, what all are you doing, number one? Um, I, my, my ultimate goal is to put the information out there as best as I can. And I balance this by doing a lot of free information. And at the same time, students get more access to me through a paid membership site. So with the free information, this includes a YouTube channel. I have almost a hundred videos. I have a blog, which I'm working on building up a lot more. So I'll embed my YouTube videos, provide tutorials on this information. And then I provide uh, study tips and just whatever students ask me for that I feel would help them, I provide them with that on the blog as well. So it sounds to me like you're pretty much doing what I'm doing with like the YouTube videos and teaching lessons and all that kind of stuff. But instead of doing just what I'm doing, you're also doing things that will help you make money. Absolutely. This is what I do full time. And, uh, you know, the bills don't pay themselves. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it would be kind of cool if they were to pay themselves, though. That would be nice. Oh, yeah, I should start a <laughs> blog about that. Anyhow, we're not talking about me. We're talking about you. Let's talk about how you got into all of this stuff because you are a pre-med student, right? Yes. This actually all started by accident. Um, 
I, when I was in college, I wanted to do military emergency field medicine. Um, I don't know which movie exactly influenced it, something <laughs> like Saving Private Ryan. You know, the doctors go you. in the field and save lives. It sounded so exciting. So I went to school, started taking the pre-med classes, but there was one big problem. I got bored. Ah. So I started doing other things to entertain myself. I became an EMT, worked on an ambulance. I joined the U.S. Navy Reserves, and I also got a job as a tutor at the school's learning center. Um, my schooling, you know, I did okay. I slacked off a little bit. And then as I was working with students in the learning center and teaching them not only the subject material, I was actually tutoring biology. Oh. But I was also teaching them how to learn. And that in turn taught me how to learn, but also taught me that I really like teaching. And then as I was nearing the end of school, my unit got called up for deployment. So I spent a year in the Middle East, and because we did security, I had a lot of time to think. So I got to thinking about what's going on, and do I really want to spend the next you know, four years in medical school, three years in residency? Is this something I want to do? Uh-huh. Well, on the other hand, I really like teaching. Maybe that's something I could do. Um, another two things happened. I injured my hand on deployment. I fell off a watchtower. Very silly story, oh, wow. but I injured my hand. And at the same time, I found out that military doctors don't really go into the field. They send the medics into the field. The patients come to the hospital. So everything kind of pointed to maybe it's time for something else. And that's where, um, you know, coming back from deployment, I decided, why don't I try my hand at a tutoring business, see where that goes, and that's kind of where it took off okay and this tutoring business this was an offline or an online tutoring business it started as an offline business so i did local tutoring for high school and college students where i would just advertise on craigslist there's uh-huh. a website called wisant where tutors can post information uh-huh. and i'd also go to the schools and talk to the students give them my business card gotcha so you you were basically hustling you uh, at, was this all you're doing at that time yes um one of the benefits of being on deployment in a war zone is we had tax-free income, which I didn't fully appreciate until I started <laughs> my business. But I used my uh, a year of tax-free income as a security blanket. So I told myself, gotcha. I will give myself two years to try my hand at a tutoring business. If it doesn't work, I have my backup funds. And if it does work, then I'll see where this goes and mm-hmm. see if this is something that I can do long term. Now, in preparation, like setting up that safety blanket, um, I remember the day I got off of uh, military uh, duty. So I think this was on a Thursday. I got my DD-214, my honorable discharge from deployment. The next day, I actually went to a testing center, took the MCAT in case I decided I still wanted to go to medical school, and then did the eight-hour drive from the station in Virginia back home to New York. Oh, wow. So I kind of set myself up there. I, Even though I like to think of myself as an entrepreneur, I like to have that backup. I like to know that my next step is sort of planned out so I know what's what's coming. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, did the tutoring business work? It, it worked better than I expected in the sense that I started with the local tutoring and someone said, hey, why don't you create a website and this way you'll be able to write about yourself and refer, uh, put references on and just refer people to have an idea of who you are. So I did it the old fashioned way. I got a I got a domain and hosting. I coded an HTML site by myself. Oh, my God, that was a pain. (laughs) (laughs) And then I had someone um, told me to look into WordPress. Uh Uh-huh. 
So that's when I kind of switched over to the content management system. So, At the, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, uh, just to kind of get a, a frame of reference around when was this? What year was this? I think I started the website in 2011. Okay, okay. And I switched to WordPress. I think it might have been in the summer of 2011. This is also around when I started doing the YouTube videos. So the whole online component started feeding itself. I got the WordPress and YouTube. I had a student who I worked with in the summer who went to school far away, and she asked me to do an online tutoring session on Skype. Uh -huh. So that's when I started tutoring online, and that's when all of a sudden between WordPress, YouTube, and online tutoring, the whole world of just working online opened up to me gotcha. and that I was no longer trapped working with just people who are around me. I can actually reach students all over the country and eventually all over the world. I like, I like how you use that word trapped. That's <laughs> 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 kind of funny. Okay. So you're, 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 you're running this local uh, tutoring business. Someone just happens to mention you should start a website and put your stuff on there. You start a website in HTML. I remember those days, fun days or something. And then eventually you switch to WordPress. And this is this is really uh, – so you're going on three years now. Yes. This was about three years ago when I first started. Okay. So three years ago you first started. How did, how did the online stuff go for you in the beginning? Um, YouTube had a big part in it. So I was working with a student. Um, she told me, I'm, I really need you to explain this topic. I'm having trouble understanding it. And I watched this video on YouTube, but I still don't get it. And I'm thinking, watch this video on YouTube? What are you talking about? <laughs> so she gave me the link to the video. And I watched this person just standing in front of a blackboard teaching. And I'm thinking to myself, I can do that. Uh -huh. So I did my research. I planned and prepared for weeks, for months. <laughs> I, I didn't really know what was going on. So I had to research YouTube and then whiteboard drawing, uh, screencast. All this stuff was brand new to me. So, so your your videos, what do they entail? Is it you drawing on a screen? Is it you in front of the camera? What is it exactly? Oh no, I'm camera shy. I don't know if you can hear. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear the nerves in my voice right now, but I'm actually terrified. It's all good. It's all good. So, so we'll talk about that in a second. But yeah, so what are you doing? You're drawing on a screen. I do whiteboard style videos and I use a tablet with screen, uh, like screen capture software. So they hear me speaking, but they only see what I write. They don't actually see me. Gotcha. So it's kind of similar to the format of most of my biology videos where um, you're writing on, a, you're drawing on a screen or, or for you, it's a whiteboard. For me, I do it mostly on a blackboard, um, but it's that, that kind of a concept where you're not in front of the camera. Yes. I mean, let's face it. When you're teaching a subject that has to be explained visually with drawings or with diagrams, they don't need to see me. They don't care about me. When a student goes to YouTube and they say, how do I do this? They just want the answer. And if I can provide them exactly what they're looking for, they're more likely to become a fan than if they had to stare at me talking for the whole time. Okay. But you're saying you're nervous. You're saying, you know, you're camera shy and all that kind of stuff. How do you get over that and actually make some videos? Oh, it's, it's scary. <laughs> I'm, I'm, <laughs> I've been doing this for a few years and I'm so nervous before I start every video. A 10 minute video will take half an hour, multiple takes just because I, I want it to be perfect and I have to get the nerves out. I have to say everything a few times before I like what I have. But, you know, at the end of the day, 
I get emails from students, you saved my grade, I didn't understand this, an hour of lecture didn't make sense in a 10 minute video, I get it. So getting emails like that and YouTube comments, it, it's totally worth it. And it's totally worth stepping out of my comfort zone for that. That is awesome. So you, you're basically staring at your fears and you're also looking at the feedback that you're getting from people and you're saying which one is more valuable? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, let's face it, everyone has an ego. And if I'm feeling down, I just look at my YouTube channel, read the comments, and I get that quick feel-good boost. Do you get any negative comments? Every now and then, I will get something. And even though I know that it's not personal and this person's probably having a bad day or they probably failed their exam, it hurts. Yeah. It hurts, but I, I tell myself it's not against me. Um, I'm not out there to please everyone. I give myself a little bit of time to be upset. Then I look for a positive comment to kind of balance that in my head and I move on. You know, th that's something that a lot of people face, especially with YouTube. For some reason, YouTube's comments sometimes seem to be like the Wild West um, <laughs> because some of the comments that I receive on my biology videos are just plain mean. And a lot of people ask, you know, how do you deal with that? I deal with it in a totally different way. I just don't care. Um, but that's not the case for everyone. And that's something that can affect someone negatively, but still you've gone through and you still pushed on in the midst of these negative comments. And I think a big part of that, as you said, have to do with the, the positive comments that you're receiving that are probably much more than the, the negative ones, right? Absolutely. And I, I mean, I wish I could look at the comments and say, I don't care. And maybe after I get over it, I don't care, but for everyone else who who lets it affect them, I mean, I get it. You you can let it affect you, and then you just have to remind yourself that you're not pleasing everyone. It's not the end of the world. There are enough people out there who appreciate what I do to make it worth it, and you know, just to continue doing what I do. Okay. Yeah, I love that. And pe people need to hear that. People need to hear more of that, um, so that they know it. It's normal to to experience those types of things. Um, now, you went beyond the just blogging and providing a bunch of free information in that you decided to start a membership site. Uh, what made you decide to go that route? Uh, there were a couple of things that led to the creation of the membership site. When I first started trying to promote my videos and my website, I ran across David Risley's Blog Marketing Academy, and he helped me get off the ground first with my website. Uh -huh. And then with the idea of a membership site. So he gave me the idea. Um, he walked me through some of the pros and cons. And then he actually ran a workshop where he taught from nothing to membership, you know, the entire technical process. And I followed exactly what he taught to get started. Gotcha. So you, you found out about the membership site concept. You, you found out how to do it from the training that he put together and you went ahead and did it. Yes. Now, in terms of why I did it, there are a couple of different reasons. I initially started my website for the purpose of gaining more clients for online tutoring. And it, I, I guess it goes back to, to the whole point with the videos. Part of it is I wanted to get out of that dollars for hours thing. Uh-huh. Part of it was, as a tutor, there's a very large fluctuation in terms of some days I'm really busy, some days I have nothing going on, depending on the semester, depending on the season. So, for example, January is pretty quiet in terms of uh, students are out of school, they don't need help. 
Um, the summer is pretty quiet. Then you have as the semester, the main the main busy seasons are like the fall and the spring semester. So in the beginning, you have the dedicated students who want help. After the first exam, you get the panicked students. And before finals, it's absolute chaos. <laughs> so I needed a way to balance that just for my sanity to know that even though I have nothing today and next month is crazy, I need like that in between. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the sessions that I would have with students, I started to notice that they're asking the same questions. They're asking for, I don't understand this concept or I need help with this topic. And I thought, I just did that session with another student and I feel bad that, you know, if only I could have taught that to everyone. So when I did the videos, what I tell a student is, okay, we have our session tomorrow. Which topic do you want help with? They tell me the topic. I say, go ahead and watch this video. That gives them an introduction. That gives them the overview of the basics and the foundation. And then when we do our tutoring session, it's at a much higher level. So the student gets a lot more out of it. And at the same time, I find that the, the value of the help that they get is better because it's, it's at that higher level. Mm. And then there's still the idea of, okay, but I want to help more people and I want to be able to reach more students despite a crowded schedule. And there are a lot of students who are working, literally working to pay for college and they don't necessarily have the funds to pay for tutoring. So with a membership site, I figured that if I can work with multiple students at the same time, provide them access to much uh, more in-depth resources, then they can get the value and I can be providing the service, but because I'm helping more people, I don't have to charge as much per person. So it's kind of a trade-off where I get to help more people and they get the same help for a lesser price on their own time, on their own schedule, so that it, it kind of fits in with everything. Gotcha. Makes a lot of sense. Um, so let's talk about what your membership includes. What did you decide and how did you decide what to include in your membership? In terms of what to include in the membership, this came from the students directly. Mm. So before I started the membership side, I already had a small but, uh, what's the word? Like the email list was communicating with me. Mm -hmm. I have my local students who I, I tried to find out what it is that they're missing and what they would need. And they helped me come up with the basic concepts that they'd be looking for as a, a resource to go to. So, so, so th- did you literally go out and ask them? Did you do a survey? How, how did you get that information? I started by asking my tutoring clients if, um, if they had access to a resource that helped them with tutoring or helped them minimize the hours that they need. What is it that they would want? I sent different emails to my email list, including the I need your help email. I'm thinking of providing a membership. What is it that you as a student feel is a must-have resource and then depending on the type of replies they get, I would be able to craft my next question. So if I got a lot of people saying, I need to understand this in more detail. I need to understand this topic, but not at that PhD language that I don't understand. So based on what they told me, I then did a, a webinar. And after the webinar, I opened it for a, chandi- a candid chat and just you know bounced the ideas back and forth until I had something that I figured was workable enough to start and I'm always asking for feedback and always looking to improve and just improve that experience for them and at the same time improve you know the back end 
for myself. So a lot of it, is basically, well, all of it, it seems, is based on data that you're getting from them. So it's not you saying, I want to create a membership site. I think it should have this. I think it should have that. It's what are you struggling with? What do you need? And based on that, this is what I'm going to create. Absolutely. Because they won't pay for something unless they know they want it. Definitely. Awesome. Okay, let's talk about the, okay, so it's the, the, the webinars and Q&A Q sessions. How, how often are you doing those? So I do a weekly live session. I use GoToWebinar with, um, GoToWebinar has the screen sharing option. So mm -hmm. I'll share my tablet and they, every week I do it on a very specific topic. So this is kind of like, um, I'm accomplishing two things with this. One, I get to teach on a topic that they need help with. I get to answer their questions because it is interactive. But at the same time, I'm building up my membership library. Now, part of um, going back to how I started the membership site, I didn't want to create content that they didn't want. And it's sort of like the minimum, minimum viable product. When I first started this membership site, I didn't have much in there, but I created the content with the members for the members. Mm. So if someone says, hey, I need help with this topic and I've already done a session, I tell them, hey, go watch this video. If you find that it's not enough, then maybe we can do another session on this topic. If it helps them, great. That video did its job. If they ask for help on a topic that I have not yet covered, I'll find out if two or three people need help on the same topic. I'll schedule that as the topic for the week. I'll have them send in some questions. I'll start off with, I'll teach on the topic, then I'll review the questions, I'll have Q&A. And the purpose of this is I record the session so when a student later on down the line has questions on a similar topic, not only do they get the teaching, but they also get the questions and answers. And if they have a question, meaning they don't understand something where they need clarification, the chances that someone on the live call had a similar question, so they get the answers to the questions they have, and to the questions they didn't even realize that they had because maybe they didn't fully understand it. But hearing the answers to the other questions helps them learn at a much deeper level and just helps them really understand the information. Love it, love it. So, you know, what I really love about it is, you know, I have a membership site for Become a Blogger. And before I launched that membership site, I created a ton of content, a, a bunch of videos. And I put together the membership area and all these different things. And then I had to work on the launch and all these things. And when, when they purchased, they got access to all these resources. In this case... You're not building the product before selling the product. You're actually selling the product and then saying, hey, let's build this product together. Exactly. When I first launched, I had done a couple of uh, webinars where it was just, I, you know, I taught on a, a topic over a weekend, recorded that. So we did have a couple of videos that were in the initial membership site. But as part of the launch, I did a crash course. This was in November, so right before students were approaching finals, and I scheduled 10 unique sessions over the span of a week. Mm -hmm. And that means that right when I launched, they had the 10 live sessions to attend, and then anyone who joined the membership afterwards already had over a dozen videos ready and waiting for them. Nice. But I created it with the members rather than preparing it in advance. 
Nice. By the way, for anyone that's listening to this, one of the reasons why we're doing this interview is because I am planning on launching something just like this for my biology blog. So I want to hear about more of these details. And I hope that you listening to these details can give you some ideas in terms of how you can go about monetizing your blog, especially if you're thinking about doing it um, on a membership site model where you're getting data and using that data then to create something that's going to be of value. Um, you know, you spoke about some of the the tools that you're using. Oh, well, actually, before that, you also include a Facebook group in your membership site, right? Yes. Um, part of how I asked the questions was I was thinking back to when I was in organic chemistry. Um, quick backstory: when I said that I was born in college, organic chemistry is the topic that really suffered for me because it's a very hard class, uh-huh. and unless you're applying yourself 110, percent it's very hard to do well. So. The first time that I took the course, I was struggling with it, and I wound up withdrawing from the course because I knew that I was going to fail. I took the course again two years later. This was after working in the Learning Center, after teaching students how to learn. So I tried to think back, what was the difference between the first time I took the course and almost failed, and the second time I took the course when I finished at the top of the class? What were some of the struggles and challenges I had? What did I wish that I had available for me? And one of the things was, if I was working through a difficult problem the night before an exam, let's say 2 a.m., there wasn't anyone to turn to for help. And if I couldn't answer that question, I couldn't move on. So one of my concerns or one of my goals with the membership was to provide students with a resource that if they need help and they need it now, There's someone they can turn to. Professors usually have office hours once or twice a week. There are long lines. The chance of getting a tutor, you know, getting a professor to email you back, these aren't ideal, especially when it comes to crunch time. So in addition to these weekly live sessions, I wanted to give students direct access to me as a tutor to answer their questions, but also the direct access to be able to get their answers quickly. So by including the membership site, I'm sorry, by including the Facebook group in the membership site, If they watch a video and they need an explanation or a clarification, they can post their question. If they have questions on their homework, if they have questions about what they're learning, they post it on the Facebook group. I log in at least twice a day, so I'll try to log in in the morning and in the evening. And this way I catch questions throughout the day. But if a student posts something at night and I'm sleeping, there's another student who may know the answer, be able to help them, guide them to a video, just help them move on so they can continue studying. And I feel like... That was something that I really wanted as a student, and that's something that um, I want them to have as that I need help now type of resource. Gotcha. All right, let's talk about some of the tools that you're using. You mentioned GoToWebinar. Um, What else are you using to create this uh, membership site? I try to keep it as simple as possible. As I mentioned, I learned how to build a membership site from David Risley's uh, workshop. So he showed us how to do it with optimized press for the theme, okay. wishlist member for the protection. Mm-hmm. I use PayPal for payments, and I use Aweber for the um, autoresponder just to provide them with access and details. Everything else, and obviously uh, I use GoToWebinar for presenting. I use a tablet where I actually write and teach. And um, and one more key thing is I have a video VA. He does all the editing for me because I find that if the webinar takes an hour and a half, when a student is on a crunch and they quickly need an answer, they don't want to hear 
you know, the chit chat that goes on, or if it takes time to draw something out, they just want to get straight to the point. So I have every video edited, kind of cut down. Um, so it's a very quick uh, learning tool rather than having to sort through all that uh, fluff. Not, not really fluff, more like the empty space. Gotcha. Now, I, I think, was it you that told me that you also have them do like a timestamp? Where you, you can say, if you want to cover this topic, you go to this particular time? Or was that somebody else? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry. When I, when I upload the videos, I don't just put the video on the site. What I'll do is I'll have the video indexed so that if the video is an hour long over one general topic, I'll try to break it down to every new topic. So, for example, at minute zero is an introduction. At minute one, we talk about the background. At minute five, we have an example. And this way, if it's the night before an exam, they don't have time to watch an entire hour-long video. They'll get bored. They want to quickly move on. So they can just see where in the video their question or that specific topic was mentioned. They can move the slider and just jump straight into that component of the video. They also get a PDF of the notes so they can follow along or see the drawings and the structures. And this way they can get in, get what they need, and then move on and continue studying. Gotcha. Okay, so to go back over those tools, just to make sure we're clear, Optimize Press is the WordPress theme that you're using, which does a good job at making sales pages, squeeze pages, and also membership pages. Absolutely. Uh, wishlist member is for handling the memberships and for protecting the content. So when someone purchases, it gives them access. They, you, they have a username and a password. They can log in and get access to the information. Um, PayPal is for payment processing so that you can actually get paid because getting paid, usually it's a good thing. It's uh, important. Yeah, I could see how that could be beneficial. <laughs> um, Aweber is for, you know, emailing them and letting them know when resources is available. Is that how you use that? Yes. Okay. GoToWebinar is what you use so that you can, uh, when you have the webinars, you send them an email with a link that they can register for the webinar and then they can attend and that's when they can, you know, raise their hand and answer, ask questions in the Q&A session and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have your tablet that you're drawing on and that's what you're using for uh, most of the, the content that you're creating. Yes. Okay, so those are the tools. If you are looking at launching a, a membership site and you, you're interested in those um, doing something like this, those are the tools that she's using. And you said, um, by David, um, what's the program that you went through that taught you about how to do this? David Risley has the website Blog Marketing Academy. Yeah. So I used the academy to pretty much learn about the internet world and marketing in a proper way that both... Uh, my audience will be interested and Google will be happy with me. So Google will not drop me when it has a mood swing. When it has a mood swing. <laughs> now, the Blog Marketing Academy is his blog, but was there a program of his you went through to teach you specifically how to build a membership site? Yes, he has a membership site uh -huh. and he also does workshops every now and then. So okay. he taught a membership workshop where he pretty much set up a membership from A to Z, including installation of Optimized Press, setting up Aweber. He answered questions, taught about different shopping carts, and just gave me everything I need from going from step zero where I had absolutely, I really did not understand how this, the idea of protection works and how do you put the information online and how do you, 
have your members get access. All the technical details weren't right over my head, but he broke it down in a way that I was able to follow and have my membership up and running within days. Okay, cool. I'll, I'll, I'll check with him and see um, exactly w where to get access to that program and so on. And uh, we'll include a link to that in the show notes. Um, now, okay, so you have the technology. You, you're, you're familiar with uh, what you need to do now. You have data from your, your um, audience and your students about what they need so that you can put in the membership area and you can do the, the, um, the webinars and Q&As and all that stuff. How did you then launch it? What, what are the steps that you went through to get it out there? I didn't go through any formal launch. Okay. It was... Um, I started by uh, telling my list about the idea. So I figured that if I told them about it rather than sent an email, it would go over well. Mm -hmm. So I did a, I call it a promo webinar. It's basically where I do just a standard webinar, but I taught on a specific topic that I knew students were struggling with at that point in the semester. So I gave them almost an hour of membership style teaching and Q&A to make sure they learned the topic. At the end, I mentioned that I'm launching a membership site and the type of learning that you did today will be going on on a weekly basis where you get to request the topics. The session that we did today is recorded. Every session will be recorded. So I pretty much showed them before they knew what I was showing them, uh -huh. what they would be getting. Mm -hmm. So that was how I got the few initial members. Then I started figuring out how to do uh, evergreen type uh, launches. Uh -huh. So I have my YouTube videos have a call to action to come and download an ebook that I have. And once they download the ebook, they get onto my email list. I initially expose them to the idea of the membership site right after they sign up for my email list because the idea is if they're struggling now, they can't wait until I slowly ease them into the information. I need to tell them about it now. Uh -huh. Some join right away. Some, the idea is planted for them. And then when they're on my email list, I continue sending them valuable information. I interact. I, if they say they need help with a topic, I'll link them to videos or resources. I send uh, study tips, just general valuable information that I think will help them. And I mentioned the membership site casually. I also have mentioned on my website. And then about once a month, I'll do a public webinar just to remind them, hey, this is what you would get as a member. And a lot of people do join after seeing that um, public webinar, after being exposed to that kind of information. Awesome. So you're, <laughs> I like that um, you, you showed them, well, not just show them, you allow them to experience um, what the membership site will be like and said, hey, by the way, I'm going to be doing this every week. If you want to be a part of it, um, you can sign up for the membership. Correct. I, I like that. And then, of course, the evergreen. And wh when you say evergreen, you basically, um, what, you're, what you mean is that it's something that, you, like you created this funnel and it's something that goes on and on. Someone that signs up next month gets access to the same type of information and goes through that same funnel. If they sign up next year, they get access to that same funnel and hopefully a certain percentage of them are going to sign up for that membership. Yes. Now, obviously, it's still a, working, a work in progress. I'm testing and tweaking, but the goal is to have it all automated. And, and what does testing and tweaking look like for you right now? What are you actively doing to test and to tweak? 
I am giving myself permission to go OCD on numbers. <laughs> when I first started my YouTube channel, I checked my stats every single day. I checked Google, Google Analytics every single day, but I knew that I was wasting time. Now I give myself permission to analyze what was the open rate on this email? What was the click-through rate? What if I change the title? What if I change the copy? What if I change just different aspects of the page? Will that change the open rate? Will that change the click-through rate? I've also... Uh, gotten visual website optimizer uh -huh. which is uh, split testing software and I I just play around with it um, I'm not claiming to be an expert but it's definitely giving me some insight and then my logic is if I can improve the conversions every step of the way even by a small percentage the net conversions will be much greater and then I'll have more people understanding what I have and hopefully joining my membership site. Love it, love it, love it. Giving yourself permission to be OCD about the numbers. <laughs> I know how that can get. All right, so you're, you're running your blog. You're posting YouTube videos. You're posting this, those for free. You're offering tutoring services. You are doing um, the membership site. You're running the Facebook group. And that sounds like a whole lot of stuff. How in the world do you manage it all? <laughs> Good question. You're still trying to figure that out, right? <laughs> um, one of the, well, two of the best things that I've done is get a VA mm. and hire a coach. When I first started, my very first YouTube video took me about three hours to record. Oh, and we're wow. talking about a 10-minute video. Wow. About three hours of takes and retakes. And then the editing took about five hours. Because, let's face it, I had no idea what I was doing. And the results were mediocre at best. So after doing that a couple of times, I, I have a friend who is very talented when it comes to graphics and video. And he was conveniently unemployed at the time. Uh -huh. So I begged and bullied. And now he's my full-time VA. So that takes a lot of the stress off of me because I will record a video, put it into Dropbox. He works whenever he feels like it. Um, so, you know, he, he could work at night, he can work it during the day, but I know that if I send him the video, I will get a ready product back, um, depending on the time frame that we discuss. He also does all the graphics for me. I actually, um, had a couple of visual, uh, well, virtual staff finder interviews today. So uh -huh. I'm hoping that, um, uh, later this week I will have a full-time VA to help me manage some of the other, um, repetitive tasks. But um, the second thing is that I mentioned is I got a coach. And one of the things we did when we first started working together and now for 2014 is we created a blueprint. So he told me to think backwards. What is my goal for 2014? And then visualize in order to reach that goal, what do I have to do? Yeah. So if I want more subscribers, what does that mean? Do I need more videos? Do I need more blog posts and so on? If I need more if I want more uh, members, what do I need to do there? And then by working backwards and figuring out exactly the steps that I have to take, I know what I have to do and I know what not to do so as not to waste time. Mm -hmm. And then I have it written out so I know every day this is what I have to do and I just do it. Awesome. So you, you get help and you got a coach. And that helps you to um, figure out what needs to be done, what does not need to be done, and then just take action. Yes, absolutely. With that, I, I recently read somewhere, the harder I work, the luckier I get. <laughs> and, and I like that because it doesn't happen overnight. Um, 
but I know that if I put the work in and I put the right work in, then the results will come. So why should I not put the work in? Why should I waste time if it's not going to help me get the results that I want to see? You know, that's the note that we're going to end on because I love that. And, you know, I think more people need to hear about that. I actually just wrote a post about that exact same thing today and it went live on the blog. You got to work hard. You got to make things happen. So, Leah, thank you so much for joining me on this call and for all the value that you provided. It's my pleasure. Man, if you want to see what she's doing, head on over to Leah 4. That's the number four. Uh, sci.com sci.com and you can see what she's doing and if you happen to be in an organic chemistry class and you need help head on over there because she will be able to help you i hope you found a ton of value in this episode in this interview and if you're enjoying this podcast of course i'd appreciate it if you can leave a leave feedback leave an honest review in itunes let people know about what you think about this show um, and that'll help me and my mission of changing the world one blog at a time. And if you're trying to get your blog started where you can create content, inspire others, and change the world, head on over to freebloggingvideos.com where you get to follow me as I show you exactly how I built my blogs into successful online businesses and how many others have done the same and most importantly, how you can do it. So check it out, freebloggingvideos.com. That's it for this episode. Leslie Samuel from becomeablogger.com. Until next time, take care and God bless.